Welcome to A No Place to Hide, a men's mental health podcast. Over the coming weeks and episodes, I'll be talking to guests from different industries and different backgrounds, all willing to share their story and their experiences. Alongside this, I'll be talking about my own experiences and my own stories, covering a wide range of topics. Sometimes this will be hard-hitting, brutally honest, and even sometimes shocking. Subjects that we will be covering and talking about are of a sensitive nature like suicide, self-harm, addiction and sometimes people that have been in very dark places but all of this is in the aim of breaking that stigma of men not talking or men not seeking help so welcome to a no place to hide come and take a seat and listen along the journey on men's mental health with the aim of breaking that stigma together Well, welcome to episode six. Um, I know there's been a bit of a delay in episodes. Um, I've had a family holiday and, and, and I've not been too well, so I appreciate people um, sticking with me. Uh, we're going to mix it up a little bit today. So um, if you all remember Kai, um, Kai's going to actually interview me today, ask me some questions. Um, apparently he's got some quick fire questions for me. Uh, and then we're going to get into like some some bigger, deeper questions Um to which I've I've not had the heads up, so everything that you hear today is completely one hundred percent off the cuff, no no notes or anything. So, yeah, cheers for uh, cheers for agreeing to do it, Kai. No worries, he's he's going in blind. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't think it'd be this soon since uh, for, for me to be coming straight back into the podcast, but I, I'm glad you've asked me back. Yeah, we, we were expecting your, your return was going to be, um, you know, post-surgery and, and everything else. So, but yeah, it's, it's good to have you back, mate. I appreciate yeah. it. Some some news to share with that, if any if any of the listeners from previous episodes are interested. My actual jaundice levels have dropped to not normal levels, but sort of two or three times over that the normal limit. And from where we were in August, that's a huge, huge sort of step. Mate, that's fantastic. I mean... You can, listeners can't see, but I can see myself, and you looked—you look a lot better compared to what you did on the, you know, the previous podcast. So that's that's brilliant to hear. That it's brilliant. Um, right. Yeah. Let's should go. We, should, should we dive in? So yeah, yeah. I, I found this. We found this through TikTok, and thought this would be an interesting format to go with. So, what makes you sad? What makes me sad? Not being able to spend time with my family. So if I'm hooked up. Um, obviously, you know, busy with work or racing or, you know, podcasts and stuff like that. And I feel like I'm missing out on the time with my family. That's That really gets to me and it still gets to me. And it's something I still struggle with is try to spend as much time possible I can with my family because that's the centre of my universe as such. So not being able to spend that time with my family or, you know, in particular when um, Jackson is actually at his mum's, those days that his, his mums are really, really struggling. I have to keep myself busy constantly um, just to tick that time by until obviously Jackson's back with me and then it, it's like kind of a breath of relief for me. So, yeah, that's what oh, i Okay, say. yeah, so. yeah. So do you, do you think you sort of have a sort of fear of missing out, if, yes. if that makes sense? Yeah. <laughs> kids are kids for a very short period of time and I've got a, like to have got, I think I've got a really strong bond with my son. 
So when I haven't got that time with him and I know that time's ticking away, if that makes sense, my brain really starts to like play tricks on me and I think, God, I, I shouldn't be missing out on this. It's not my fault. And do you know, and I, I, I guilt trip myself. Um, okay. So I, if I have family, if I keep myself busy, I tend not to think about him not being there. It's, it's, that sounds awful, but it's the only way I can cope with it, if that makes sense. Have you got a sort of certain set of, of things you do just to keep your mind active? Anything. Whilst, whilst anything? Absolutely anything. Uh, you know, whether that's going out and taking a walk. But if I go out for a walk, I'll have to listen to music to keep myself occupied. Otherwise, I'll be walking in silence and my brain will start ticking. See, I, I completely understand that. I often just sit and listen. To, I'll, I'll go out and have music on right away from leaving the house, doing shopping, going out, home, done. Just keep yeah. me focused on our tasks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What, what what drives you? What drives you forward to sort of achieve more? Giving my family the best opportunities in life that I can possibly give them. So whether that means holidays, days out, memories, even just like taking them down in the woods with like we've got a little camping store and just plonking ourselves in the woods and having having fun, just creating those memories that you know we never nobody's ever guaranteed tomorrow, you know, and that's not a, a from a you know, a depression side of thing. That's just a general side of thing, as as you well know, Kai. Anything can happen to anybody tomorrow. You're not guaranteed to wake up tomorrow. So if you can create a memory today, why not go out and do it? And and, and that drives me more than I ever thought it would do. Um, I used to think it was other things, but I soon learned it wasn't. Um, and that was a very hard lesson to learn that I wish I'd have learned at a younger age. Um, but yeah, definitely just like creating memories with my family and having them like fun times and, you know, Jackson went running down the hill the other week while we are at Woods and you know, when you can see somebody, the, the body and the legs are running faster <laughs> than the mic and, and he, he completely face planted on the floor in the woods. And I just, you know, he were a bit upset, he were grazed and stuff, but after we dusted him off, we laughed about it and I was like, mate, that's what's about being a kid is he'll not forget that and he'll laugh about it. And, and it's little things like that. And then that, that drives me. That really gives me the drives in my family. Nice, nice. I was going to say, don't don't enter him into the cheese rolling contest. No, definitely <laughs> I not. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if any listeners have, have heard of that or seen it. It's it's basically a competition where people run down a hill to chase a a, a, a roll of cheese. It's it's not any old roll. It, it's it's a full on kilogram, two kilogram of cheese. Yeah, it's insane. That they get some broken bones <laughs> and uh, there's some nasty injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's another, here's another one. Are you a planner or do you like the idea of spontaneity? Oh. See, it depends on the situation, I'll be honest with you. I'm not either one way or the other. So if it's anything like family orientated or like anything like in the house or whatever, I prefer to be quite like, do you know what? sod it we've got five minutes let's go let's do it if it's anything um should i say materialistic that's probably a better way of saying it so like anything that involves like money or investing um anything along that line yeah i'm quite meticulous at planning especially at work anything that's not materialistic i like to just do it off at cuff i think it's more fun um and i don't I'll get too stout about thinking about everything and that <laughs> 
See, Kat, my, my wife, she's she's a planner. She likes to know what's happening and she likes to know everything's done and, and everything else, but no. I, 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 think, I, think, I think a lot of people resonate with that, that yeah. the, the idea of, of being spontaneous is amazing. It's yeah. also quite scary to do it as well. I mean, yeah. so, so some of the things I've done and yourself as well, one, one minute's notice and you're off doing something insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crackers, you know, but <laughs> I always think to myself, if I've got everything planned out, there's going to be no room for anything off the cuff. So if you just think, right, come on, boots on, let's get out, and you just see where your feet or the car takes you, and then you end up in somewhere you've never seen before or something you've not done before. Like you say, you you know, the next day you're like doing something completely and utterly crazy. You think, geez, how did I can get here? But this is fucking brilliant. Uh, you know, and again, that, that resonates back to the creating memories, having adventures, you know, getting those things, you know, having those sort of... You know, them experiences, yeah. Nice, nice. I was going to say, here's last, last, last one on the quick fire. <laughs> what's your, what's your fondest memory from childhood? Jesus, mate. Um, my fondest memory from my childhood. Um, so my nan and granddad used to have a caravan at Skegness. And, okay. Um, Growing up, uh, you know, in in a mining village as such, it, there wasn't a lot of work about, so my parents were working a lot to try and give us, again, similar sort of values as to what I've got to give me and my sister the best possible future and, and the best possible like, experiences that they, they could afford to do. But obviously in the school holidays, my parents still had to work, so we got um, sent to my, the caravan with my nan and granddad. And... Just being there with my granddad, he was he was everything to me. He was my hero, he was my idol. Um Jackson's middle name is Frank after my granddad Frank. Um so yeah, my, my best childhood memory is is being at the caravan in Skeggy, eating <laughs> cockles out of a pot that I can't stand anymore for some reason. You know, <laughs> chucking two pence. Taste buds <laughs> taste buds change. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. You know, chucking two pences in two pence machines and you know, I remember I must have been about six or seven and I had this massive fascination where I, went, I wanted a watch because I, <laughs> I had this thing that if I had a watch, I was really grown up. And I remember my granddad bought me this Casio watch and, I, and I've still got it. It is battered. It is battered. It is like snapped on the strap. The, the face is crap, but I've still got it. And, and Does it still work? That's the big question. It still works. Yeah, I had Timpsons put a new battery in other um, companies are available to put batteries in watches, but Timpsons, um, Timpsons did put a new battery in and it still works. Yeah. yeah, it still works. It's up in the, it's up in the loft in a, in a box. But yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go one more. We've we've looked at sort of like your fondest memory. Yeah, what do you want to achieve in the future? What's is there if is there sort of one goal you want to achieve in the future that you'd yeah. like to? I to can get? tell you that without thinking, and that's to uh, to be around to watch Jackson grow up. There's no other, there's nothing else in life will top that, you know, uh, work-wise. Yeah, I aspire to always better myself at work, but then that, you know, that ties into bettering the future for my family. But for me, my one goal in life is to watch Jackson grow up and help nurture him into being a good human being, an adult, you know, with morals and, and manners. You know, he's a bright kid and he's, he's smashing. I mean, you know, as, as well as me, this morning... Um, I've just been to an assembly at school because he's got a standout star award 
he got a Beaver of the Month award this month at, for, for Beavers, and and he's you know he goes swimming. He's just started playing cricket, which I know you'll appreciate, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <He> loves it. <laughs> he's, um, there's nothing he won't try or have a go at, and and when he does have a go at something, he doesn't just do it half hearted. He, he really has a good go at it, and and he enjoys it. And for me, watching that is just so fulfilling. I, I can't. He can't explain that fulfilment that it gives me, and the drive it gives me. Um, but yeah, to watch, see him grow up, and and be around to see him growing up. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, I yeah. I re-listened to some of your earlier podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, something that I found quite interesting, something I, I was reading about recently. I, I wanna I wanna ask you about suicidal thoughts yeah. in, in regards to sort of your attempt, which thank God was unsuccessful. Otherwise yeah. we wouldn't be here now. Yeah. Was, was that moment something that was building for a while or was this a sort of sudden urge that, that came into your head? If that, if that makes sense to ask. So at the time I didn't see that it had crept up on me. I thought it had just like something had snapped and I'd just gone, bang, right, that's it, I've had enough, I'm I'm done. But having processed it all and everything, looking back, do you know what, I, I probably had depression probably crept in over a number of years, but without me even realising it. You know, certain things didn't go my way in life, and I wasn't equipped to, to deal with that. So I just swallowed it. Um, and then, you know, like, the, my grandma passed away, I didn't grieve, I swallowed it. You know, Jackson became incredibly ill. You know, we nearly lost Jackson when he was 15 days old. I didn't deal with that for myself. I dealt with it for Jackson and my family. Swallowed it, you know, and it all built up over the time. And then, obviously, when the relationship breakdown uh, happened um, between myself and Jackson's mum, that was something I didn't see coming. So that was quite a shock as well. And I think I dealt with that. On, on an on an adult level, so as as myself and Jackson's mum, you know, we went a separate ways. We still talk every day now about Jackson. You know, she's been we've both been to the uh, assembly this morning together. You know, we, we've got a, a really healthy relationship as far as like co-parent, well, you know, like split parenting's going. Um, so I could deal with that, but what I couldn't deal with, and what finally made me snap, was the thought of not seeing Jackson every day. Um, which, like I said, we, we said earlier, I still struggle with and I have to keep myself busy, but I've learned the tools to deal with that. It's probably not the best way of dealing with it, but it works for me. You know, I don't think there's any set way that it, it's... You can't, I can't say to somebody that's in a similar situation, do this, it'll work, because it might not. You know, the thing with depression, the things with suicide and anxiety is there's no one cure. Every single case is totally different depending on like the depths of it all, the surroundings of it all, your mental strength, you know, your support circle. Have you got the right tools to deal with it mentally? If you've not, do you know how to get the right tools to deal with it? Some people just can't deal with it full stop. And unfortunately, that's when you get to the point of where I got and I couldn't deal with it. And yeah, so I think it did creep up on me rather than it being like a sudden urge to do it. But I'd never had suicidal thoughts prior to that ever at all 
you know, that was the first time I'd ever got to the point where I thought, I'm I'm fucking done. I'm I'm you know, I'm checking out and um I knew it wasn't the right thing to do and I knew I shouldn't do it. And and I and I sat on the landing uh, at the top of the stairs and had a massive like complete and utter mental breakdown, sobbing to the point where I couldn't breathe. You know, remember when you were a kid and you used to you cry get the, that you get the pain in your chest and it's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd got myself to that level of, of like, emotion. Um, and even then, there was a part of my brain saying, what are you fucking doing? Don't do it, snap out of it, snap out of it. But the, the problem where is I got to the point where there was a big enough side of me that was saying, no, do you know what? I, I can't do it. I can't live my life like this. And I couldn't see a way out. I couldn't see anybody to talk to. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And then it was just like a absolute wave of emotions of everything that I'd ever suppressed in my life were just coming up, and I'm thinking, "Fucking hell, where's this coming from? Why is that? Why is that getting?" And I just couldn't cope. Um, and that's that's when I decided to go and get a noose, tied tied a noose up, wrote the letter, packed my backpack, and um, that's when I decided that I was going to go and do it. And I I, I was one hundred percent. Even now, after I look back on it, I was one hundred percent dead set on doing that. And if it wasn't for, um, if it wasn't for Marley stopping me in my tracks at Millet Stairs and the photo of Jackson as I looked up, I one hundred percent I can categorically tell you I wouldn't be here today. If if that small little chain of events had not happened, you know, I wouldn't be here today. And and the, when I look at that, I think how many people's lives would I have fucking ruined by doing that? And then, and that's not me being harsh or anything. I would have fucked up so many people's lives. My parents, my sister, my son, you know. And then you think about the people that somebody would have had to have found me. So a member of public or a police officer or anybody would have stumbled across me. They'd have to live with that for the rest of their lives from my decision of of committing suicide, of unaliving myself. And at the time, you don't think of that. You you you, you kind of it's a really strange state of mind where it's very narrow minded is the easiest way to say it and you you can't see anything else other than that issue that you suddenly fixated on that you can't fix you can't repair you you end up in tunnel vision because yeah. of everything that's happened prior you see it 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 becomes very black and white and it shouldn't yeah because it's, you've got, it's like an obsessive got... black and white though you obsess yeah. on that negative narrow-minded you know part of your life you don't think about anything what's going to happen tomorrow nothing like that enters your head so in in the build-up to that did you notice things that would sort of make you smile make you happy were they not doing that as such would did you know would you notice that you weren't feeling the same about things that traditionally would sort of get you up get you out of bed get you motivated get you happy yeah did that change it did yeah um and at the time I didn't even realize I just thought it were like I was going through a phase of like uh, I didn't enjoy that anymore I'd lost the enjoyment I'd lost the love for it like football I used to, my life used to revolve around football since I were a kid to growing up same with motorbikes and I completely like like that year that Jackson um, got poorly. I 
MOT'd the bike. And I still remember. So from MOT to MOT, I'd done 54 miles on, on my bike, on my motorbike that year, in a year. You know, and then I look at previous years and, and I can still, still see it now. So when Facebook memories pops up, I used to be everywhere on my bikes with my mates out. You know what I mean? We'd be going to caf- bikers' cafes, meetings, rides out. Fucking hell, me and two mates once rode from Barnsley all the way to Lake District for a cup of tea and then rode back just so we got a fucking ride. Do you know what I mean? And then <laughs> I'd come from that to just 54 miles in a year. And I kind of, I knew something wasn't right when I got to that point, but I made excuses for it. So I'd be like, oh, well, I'm busier with work. Or I've got, you know, my partner's pregnant. I'm spending more time at home. And it wasn't. It was depression that was creeping in. But I didn't want to admit that it was. I'm a man. You know, we don't we don't we don't have depression. We don't talk about them things. That's that's the whole stigma around it at that point. And that's a generational thing that that's how you were. One one I I think you've hit the nail on the head there. With with those things you tradition traditionally men are talking about bottle it up keep going you've got to keep it going you've got to keep it going Chill. you can't do that no yeah you, you have if you have a jar of sand and you put 10 15 rocks in there you're not going to fit much else in no no and i think being allowed to to grieve or being allowed to sort of compartmentalize things and just put it into to process it and then put it away is a healthier way of dealing with it and yes. I think if more more men did that, they'd spot the signs of depression earlier, saying, oh, I've mentally checked out of things I used to do for fun. I've only been 54 miles on my bike. Or, oh, I, I can't be asked to see my mates today. But you look at yourself a year and go, and go I'd drop everything at the, at the last second to go and see my mates, go out on my bike, see my family. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, and not only that, but people around me i wish they would have because i spoke to people about it afterwards and they're like yeah i knew something wasn't right i'm like well why didn't you fucking approach me why didn't you say anything again it's it's the whole mentality of being a man and and you don't do it whereas now i mean i've done it with you i will literally i just ran on the text how are you doing mate how, how are you really doing you know yeah. i messaged one of my other friends um he'll probably be listed baz langford and um I messaged him the other day and I'm like, how are you doing, mate? I mean, like, how are you really fucking doing? And we had, do you know what? We had a really good fucking chat. And and he did send me a message saying how much he appreciated that and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you shouldn't have to be that you you feel like you need to express your appreciation for that because that's it should just be a natural thing. Just check on your it's, fucking mates. Yeah. Check on your brothers, your dads, your sons. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, we're, we're, we're close with I think we're close to getting there, but I think some people still feel feel it's sort of transactional in a way. It's yeah. sort of, oh, oh, I've got to check on this person. No, just check in for Christ's sake. It's normal. Yeah. yeah. Nine times out of ten, everything's fine. Yeah. But on that on that tenth time, you might help something. Yeah. Even if it's just something small, you know, if you know somebody's had uh, some shit going on, or they've lost somebody close to him, or whatever. I'm not saying instantly, as soon as you see it, like on phone, ring them. You know, after a couple of days, let dust settle. Just message them and say, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Do you want to, do you want to, you know, do you want to have a chat? Shall we go for a coffee or whatever? Like you say, nine times out of 10, they'll be like, yeah, I'm struggling a bit, but I'm all right. I'm, I appreciate it. That one time you might just catch them and they might just completely and utterly unload. 
And I can guarantee that will make them feel so much better. And there is an old saying, isn't there? There is an old saying, a problem shared is a problem halved. And when it comes to stress, anxiety and depression, that rings so fucking true. 100%. Even if you don't get the answer now, just being there so that they know in the future that they can come back. That, that that makes a world of difference. Yeah, knowing that you've got somebody there. You've got that support network. So something else I want to touch on. In the aftermath of all of that, how did you rebuild yourself and sort of start to put the pieces back together? Because it, the way I see it, dealing with mental health is not an off-the-shelf jigsaw. You've got so many different pieces that may not fit together or may seem to fit together. So how how did you sort of rebuild yourself and get yourself back to being happy, motivated, driven? Um, See, that's a question. That's a really good question, to be fair, a really good question, because it's something I still struggle with on a daily basis. And I have to continuously monitor myself um, and, and continuously like keep on top of myself if that makes sense but it was a really long arduous shit process and it was three steps forward one step backwards and and anybody that's listening that is wanting to you know get better don't think that just because you have a setback that you're fucked you're not part of the process of getting yourself happy and focused and and learning those tools to deal with your bad days is having fucking bad days to learn those tools to deal with it. But you've got to keep focused. You've got to see where you want to be. Um, Setting small goals worked really well for me. So like really small fucking goals. And I'm talking for the first few weeks, my goals were get out of bed, make my bed and have breakfast. They were literally the first things. And as soon as I'd accomplished them, Right, actually, yeah. Do you know what? I've got up. I've, I've, I've had, I've had my breakfast. I've made my bed. I've actually, you know, you've achieved something. Then you've got that right. Actually, no, I can attack this. Now I've done that. It kind of starts to rotate your your mindset, and and you start to look at doing that. And then eventually, you know, just just keep adding to it. Right, I've got up. I've done that. Today I'm going to go out and have a walk. But not just a fucking walk around block. I'm going to go out and have an hour's worth of walk with some happy music on. Now that's another thing is people tend to listen to music that suits their mood. So if you're in like a, a happy mood, you'll put some like happy, you know, a dancey kind of music on. If you're in a shit mood, you'll automatically, you'll you'll revert back, you'll revert back to like um, music that's quite, not sad and depressive, but gives you like memories of stuff that's upset you or times that you wasn't as happy. So... A big thing that people I, always I'll ask. I'll be honest. I, 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 I'm a fool with doing that. I'll be, I'll be in a bad mood, and I'll find myself yeah. putting sad stuff on. I'll, be, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll listen to Paint It Black, and I'm like, yeah, just encourages it. So all you're doing is encouraging that mood, and it's like, no, don't. So if you're feeling that way out, and music is an incredibly powerful tool, people underestimate music. You know, no matter what background, religion, color, creed, or anything you are, everybody enjoys music whether that be, you know, gospel, rock and roll, you know, anything, absolutely anything. Everybody's got their own preference to music. Now, I would start going out for walks and I'd be listening to depressive music. I'd be listening to music that was quite like slow and low and, you know, like, I don't maybe like Linkin Park and stuff, 
And I think, and one day we're having a walk and I think, what the fuck am I doing? I'm just making, I, I could feel myself getting angry and like agitated. I thought, what the fuck is that about? I'm, that's not me. That's not me. And I'm like halfway through woods. So I changed the playlist and I literally, I can remember now and I put in summer barbecue music on Spotify. <laughs> right? That's what I put in. And, and so it was really upbeat. And I was smiling, crying, and walking, and and ever since then it made me realize just how powerful a tool that music can be. But the road to recovery was, and still is ongoing. And I I think I've come to terms with the fact that it's always going to be something that I will always have to monitor. There's a part of me that my brain, you know, is just got something not wrong with it, but it's got something inside me that. I don't handle bad news well and I suppress a lot and, I, and I'm having to learn to not suppress or when's the right time to suppress and when's the right time to talk and therapy helped me a lot. So counselling, um, I can't recommend that enough. It was one of the most difficult things I have ever had to do in my life is sit there as a man, you know, that's been brought up to man up, to not talk. You don't fucking cry. You know, you you've, suck it up to sit there in front of somebody and tell them my deepest, darkest, like life memories, thoughts, stuff like that, you know, and sit there crying in front of somebody for the first time in my life of having to like, let that man up guard down was incredibly difficult and incredibly hard. But looking back, it was probably one of the most important parts of my journey was doing that. So if there's anybody out there that's thinking about doing it, stop thinking about doing it and just do it. Because your first session, maybe two sessions, it's difficult, but it will get easier and it will help you. But you've got to make that step to do it. And I urge anybody to go and do that. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much where, where we're at at the moment. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, reach out, speak to anyone, speak to someone and set you on the right path. It's, there's something I'd, I'd, I'd like to ask you with here that I, I found interesting. The pursuit of happiness. I know, I know it's a film title and it's a film, but <laughs> the idea of of chasing things that make you happy. So how, how how does that make you feel? With are there things that you sort of chase that makes you happy, or have you got like a solid block? Or just sort of a, what what's your understanding of happiness? So my understanding of happiness is is contentment. So that's probably the best way of saying it. I, I like to be content and comfortable. You know, I'm never going to be a millionaire. Money never solves everything, makes everything more comfortable, but it doesn't make you happy. And I know that's been said many, many times. I used to think, I used to chase money. That's what I used to do. I used to be obsessed with chasing money, constantly wanting the next payday. How can I make more money? What can I do to better myself to make more money? And kind of really ended up revolving my life around that. And I think that's due to watching my grandparents and my parents struggle for money as, as a as a child due to because of the economics around where we lived in, in Barnsley. Like I say, you know, everything revolved around the pits and the mines and when they shut, shit hit the fan big time. You know, so watching them struggle just to make ends meet but keep a really big front on so that we didn't notice and we still had things. I never wanted to be like that, if that makes sense. I always wanted to be like my dad. I mean, my dad is one of my heroes in life as well as my granddad. Um, there's three main men 
uh, in my life growing up that are incredibly prominent. Um, my granddad, Frank, uh, my dad and Uncle Ronnie, who we've spoke about before, borrowed my dad's lawnmower once on a Sunday and ever since then we had to call him Uncle Ron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he taught me a lot of life lessons. He was probably one of the... So my dad and my granddad were quite, you know, hard-faced pit men, incredibly caring and loving, bit of that generation of the man-up sort of thing and everything else, whereas my Uncle Ron was kind of a guy that he would put his arm around me. He'd take me out for a drive in the car and he'd talk to me and he'd be like, you know, what's going on, kid? What's happening? Your dad's worried about you or, you know, he's, he's, what, what's happening? Can, can I help you or whatever? And he gave me a lot of, like, um, snippets of advice along the years and little sayings and stuff that, that helped me. So I, I guess that's what I used to focus on. And then after, obviously, the, the full-blown breakdown, the, the failed suicide attempt, then rebuilding myself and sort of finding myself again, I realised that that's not what made me happy. That's what I thought would make me happy. You know, and like I said, everybody worries about money. And I don't care what anybody says. Everybody worries about money, it's, especially as a, an adult uh, and as, as a parent, you always worry about providing them with with you know the best of the that you can possibly get for them but i've since learned that what makes me happy is family and being content and and you know sitting around the dinner table with with cat and, and my two stepdaughters and jackson and having a sunday dinner and i, I and some people become crackers but that is what makes me happy and that's what it drives me and it gives me it gives me an essence for life. Sitting there watching us all sitting around talking, laughing, joking, making plans, talking about what we did yesterday, you know, talking about, you know, anything, you know, dogs milling around his feet. Florence has just dropped some fucking peas on Florida dogs hoovering it up and we're all laughing. And for me, that's what life's about. Life's not about pieces of paper with somebody's head on it that says five, 10, 15 or 20 pounds on it or whatever. No, society has drilled that into us. That's not what makes you... Making yourself happy is doing things for you, not for other people. And for me personally, and it's not shared by everybody, everybody's got their own, you know, kicks in life. But but yeah, that's the main one. You know, I enjoy racing a motorbike. You know, that is probably the only time in life when I'm truly at peace with myself. As soon as I put that helmet on, and it's an incredibly selfish sport, you know, we've we've lost friends over the years. Um, you know, the TTs on this week, as, as we've we've already, you know, there's already been one fatality, unfortunately. But that's the nature of the beast with that sport, and we all know what the the consequences and dangers are. But I've I've got an unhealthy relationship with adrenaline, and <laughs> <laughs> God help me, I have tried to get my kicks in other ways that are safe and normal. I tried golf once, Churchill got it right, it ruins a good fucking walk. You know, I used to go fishing, it were all right if there was somebody with me because I could have a chat with him, but it never really got me going, it never gave me the kicks. I have tried all sorts of weird and wonderful zip lines and you name it, I have tried it, but nothing else gives me that peace that when I put that helmet on, the only thing that matters is that guy in front and how the fuck am I going to get past him, how am I going to beat him? Can I break later than him? Can I get out gas earlier than him? Fucking hell, that's nearly killed me. That's nearly shoved me out at sea. You have a big crash, you come back from it. 
you know, you go again and, and feeling that that gives me that adrenaline rush and that like, then when I come back in, my family's around me. You know, the first thing I see as soon as I pull into that gazebo is cat and kids. And they're so proud of me, mate. You know, I could finish fucking eighth in an eighth bike race. And as soon as I pull back in there, their faces and how proud they are means the world to, means more to me than a trophy. It means more to me than a lap time or anything. That that look on their faces and how they congratulate me for coming back. Probably because I fucking killed myself or I, I had hurt myself. <laughs> but... Something, something, yeah. On, on that, something that obviously I think I think Jackson said to me when he was on the phone before playoff final for for Barnsley. I think yeah, if you yeah. asked him. Are you more nervous about playoff final or for me going racing? And he goes, "You going racing?" That, that to me, I found I found was brilliant. <laughs> but but you you are you are right with with the this this with happiness. It's there are things that can give you snippets of happiness. I mean, yeah, you can you can work an extra six hours and pick up some more money. Yeah, great, but. Does it feel does it feel you up the same way as as, as a solid sort of base of, of family things that make you happy enjoyment? Yeah. It probably doesn't. Yeah. I mean, without, I mean, don't get me wrong. Without money, I can't go racing. I can't take the kids out. I can't do that. But there's a there's a point where you chase too much money, and then you're chasing money and you're missing out on all that. And once that's gone, do you know what, mate? I'm going to be in the same fucking hole in the ground as Elon Musk. The same dirt, the same shit, the same box, right? If I've got fuck all in my bank account when I've gone, but everybody remembers me with these fond memories and laughs and jokes and sees it all, for me, that's worth more than having a billion pound in bank and leaving it to my family to be comfortable. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Money goes, memories stay, do you know what I mean? And, and that's what makes you rich in life is experiences and memories that makes you rich in life not money do you think do you think people get lost sort of chasing happiness i mean money or small fleeting moments and they're trying to keep themselves in that yeah absolutely yeah yeah absolutely And, and i did that myself you know i i used to work stupid amounts of hours because i knew the overtime rates were good i could make more doing a weekend of overtime than i could do in a week so I was chasing that and then constantly working and I was exhausted. But as soon as that money stops or that overtime stops or you lose your job or whatever and that money goes, the crash is immense. If you're in that frame of mind where money, your life revolves around money and you build your happiness around money, if that's taken away from you, you are fucked. But if your family's there and the money gets taken away from you, but your happiness is your family or your support network or your experiences. Nobody can take that away. Nobody can take their memories and their experiences away if that's what makes you happy and that's your pursuit of happiness. And I think more people need to learn, you know, money is not everything. Life is short. You know, in the grand scheme of things, you look how long, and we're going to get philosophical here, but... The world's been around for billions of fucking years, yeah? Your life is here for, if you're lucky, 90 years. You know, 90 years in in a billion years on this planet is absolutely minuscule. 
So make the most of that time that you fucking got because have you ever seen that that video where the guy goes on about like how many minutes are in a day and he says if you've got that money in your bank account but by the end of the day that money's gone how would you yeah, spend it? Yeah, you've, yeah. you've got to use your time as efficiently as possible. I, I think there's a yeah. scientist somewhere that said if you looked at the history of the universe the existence of Earth as a, as a, as, as a planet and sort of human life it's yeah. a millisecond yeah. If you looked at it as a whole, yeah. whole spectrum. And that's your life. Bang, gone. And that could get taken away from you at any point. You know, I could walk out and get run over by a bus tomorrow and that's it. Game over. And I've got no, I have got no say in that. You know, and, and I never used to look at life in that sort of way until I'd, I'd been through and recovered to where I am now that, you know, and, and I'll, I'll hold my hands up. That's not truly down to just myself. Um, my wife, Kat, has got a big part to play in that. The woman drives me absolutely insane. But I absolutely idolise and I would do, I would move heaven and earth to make that woman happy. And, and anything I could do just to see a smile on her face, I will break myself in two just to see a smile on her face, which again goes back to what makes me happy. I like to see other people happy as well. That's another thing, yeah. I, you know, whether that be a stranger, whether it be a friend or a family member, if I know I can do something that makes them happy, that gives me happiness. Regardless of whether it's broke me in two, just to see them smile, it gives me a hell of a sense of reward and happiness. You know, and, and it, it it's full circle as well. You've made somebody else happy then as well, so it's not just yourself. Yeah, I, I, think, I think another thing to consider as well, having a healthy understanding of all your emotions yeah. allow you to to enjoy the happy moments still correctly yeah. rather than constantly being a chase to be happy or oh, going to chase this this week or oh, we're going to see if we can get that it's important to have goals attainable goals i think yeah attainable attainable yeah so that goes back to the small goals what i used to say if you set yourself a big goal like in five years' time, I'm going to be a millionaire with an half a million pound house and a Ferrari. Fuck off. There's a minute amount of people in this world would ever be able to achieve that. Yeah, everybody's got dreams, but don't make your dreams your goals because you will very rarely achieve your dreams. If your dreams, you do achieve them along the way, absolutely fantastic, and I tip my cap to you. Make achievable goals. Like, you know... Right, by the end of this year, I want to have learned to ride a motorbike. I want to have done a track day. I want to have played, learned how to play golf. I want to have, to have walked a mountain with my son and got to the top. Make it achievable goals, stuff that you can look back on and you think, ah, we're a right laugh learning to do that, or it were hard to do it. Now, I could, now I could, I could definitely say, knowing you, you're not going to go and learn golf. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I have got some golf clubs uh, and it drives my dad nuts because my dad's a massive golf nut. He loves golf. Um, and the amount of times he's like, shall we go golfing? No, dad, no. The fuck do I want to knock a ball for and then chase after it? My dog doesn't even like chasing after a ball. Why the hell would I? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do you know what? My dad and my brother-in-law love it. And, and, I get a sense of enjoyment watching them enjoy going it. They'll they'll go and play golf for a weekend. They'll have some beers at night and they'll play golf. And I like that they've 
you know that my dad's got that happiness and that 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 makes me happy seeing other people happy makes me happy it used to didn't i used to be quite a jealous person i used to but secretly and this is the first time i probably admitted it um i used to be jealous of other people's happiness i used to fucking hate seeing other people happy i'd never ruin it for them but i'd always have that thought where i'd be like why the fuck can't i be that happy why can't I be that happy? Why can't I find that happiness? Why can I not be like they are? And I used to obsess over that a lot, if I'm being honest with you. And that's something, that's the first time I've ever openly admitted that to anybody and, and spoke about it. And I feel quite ashamed of that, if I'm being honest with you. Um, yeah, I used to be really, and I think a lot of people have a stage in their life where I think they're like that. And I think that's, Going back to when you said, did you know, you know, the, the escalation of my depression? I think that were a part of it because I was that low, couldn't bring myself up to be happy. So I used to think, why should they be fucking happy? Why why can't I be like that? Why? What are they doing right that I'm doing wrong? And it, it's just a, a state of mindset. That's all it is. They're they're in a in a good mindset and they're, they're going out and they're, they're grasping that and they're they're taking that happiness for themselves. You know they're not sitting and dwelling and sat in house. You know I expected everything to come to me. When you're in that state of mind, I expected it. Why is it not coming to me? Why am I not happy? Well, it's because I'm not going out and making myself happy. I'm not going out and achieving these things. I'm not setting these goals. I'm not grasping life i'm just letting life just pass me by and i'm mourning about it and at the time you don't see that you just you know you you, you do really feel sorry for yourself you know there's no other way of, of, of putting it and there's nothing wrong with that if anybody's listening that they, they do feel that way don't think that there's anything wrong with feeling sorry for yourself because there's not but you know there comes a point where you need to start and get off your fucking ass get think, out of there that- I think that can be a massive catalyst for, yeah. for positive change. It's sort of all, all of these things we've spoken about. If you spot them early enough mm-hmm. and you go, right, let's nip that and let's look at the root cause of it. Yeah. And then go again. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. And, and I think you're right in what you're saying. It can be, it can be a catalyst for it. It can also send you the other way as well. Cause if you don't get off your ass and you don't attack it, doesn't, you know, that's you're going, you're, like I said on the other podcast, you go, you've got to go to fucking war with your mindset and you've got to be prepared to do what it takes. Um, but you've got to start off small. But it is a war, it is a battle, it's messy. You know, you might lose friends and people along the way. You might, you know, you might drift into different friendships and circles. You might... But it's all a part of, of that healing process and that, you know, getting yourself to a point where you're strong enough to stand up on your own two feet and take whatever the world's going to fucking throw at you. And yeah. there's days still now, as strong as I am and as, as equipped as I am with the mental tools to deal with all that, there is still days where the world absolutely fucks me and I cannot grasp for the reason of why I am that way or nothing, everything seems to be going against me, but you've got to keep that mindset of just keep plugging away because at some point it'll come good. It'll work. Good days are coming and, and I keep banging on about it, but it's that one more day mentality. Just give me one more day. And if, if you sat there now listening and you, and you're feeling that way out, 
I'm, I'm begging you, just give me one more day. One more day can make a world of difference to you and to everybody else around you because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Just give it one more day. Um, yeah, I think I've lost track of where the question went. Then <laughs> we're about no. the pursuit of happiness, but um... but I think I think you've you I think you've taken in all of the, the the idea of pursuing happiness there and sort of what what drives that and how you can sort of keep yourself balanced. Yeah, I, I think you've answered that perfectly. Just on there, I mean, we've spoken about music and the last point you made there. The first song that's come into my head is "The Good Times Are Calling Us." <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a brilliant yeah. song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That see, music is a, a phenomenal tool. Um, it was um, she called Sheila, um, my the first therapist that I went to see. She called Sheila, and that were actually through um, through my employer that I'm still employed by now. Who have been phenomenal as well. They have been fantastic in supporting me. Um, they have. Um, mental health awareness uh, emails that go out. They have lines of communication. We have um, open lines to GPs and stuff that we can phone at any point through through work. That's all paid for through through my company. Um, and I can't thank them enough for all that. Uh, but yeah, so Sh- Sheila was was on about it. And um, as soon as I sat in there on my first, first one, do you like tea or do you like coffee? And I thought, we're going to fucking get on here. I like tea. I like tea. It's got to be Yorkshire tea. I like it strong. Teas with a bit of milk, no sugar. And um, the the second question she said, what kind of positive music do you like to listen to? And that's how she worded it. And I still remember it it's years ago. And I can't remember what we spoke about in that first session. You know, I remember I used a lot of tissues to cry my eyes out. I can't tell you what I said, but stuff like that is quite prominent. And, and I, and jokingly, I just said, well, I love a bit of fucking Beach Boys. And then next thing I know, he's <laughs> got, got Beach Boys on it. And it just made me laugh, instantly made me laugh. And it was like, I knew why she did it. Looking back now, it's like I was comfortable, I was happy, I was laughing, and I was drinking tea. And she got me in a position where instantly I was smiling. And then I opened up and I talked. And it's that's what I'm saying about music being a powerful thing. If you listen to you know, there's nothing wrong with metal or depressive music and stuff. There's a time and a place for it. Um, but if you're feeling quite down, stick a happy playlist on. Something that gives you happy memories or something that gives you a bit of a bounce or a tick or a skip in your step. And it, it will have an effect on you. Small or big, it will have an effect. And music's an incredible tool. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's where we are. And, and that's where we're at today, that we're strong enough to be able to talk about this on these podcasts and um you know i still find it hard talking about certain things but i'm not shying away from talking about anything i'm an open book and i think the more people that are that way uh the the better society will help deal with men and men's mental health and and hopefully hopefully bring those suicide rates down because they are still frightening and they are still increasing as well i a bit more research the other day. I'm not going to go into the numbers, but the the percentages are still increasing. Um, yeah, we've just ticked over just ticked over seventy four percent of suicides in men. We've just just gone over that threshold, so it's it's on the increase, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I think a, a dream for this podcast to be is sort of like a, a an encyclopedia 
you, you go to whatever chapter you need to get to and there will be a summing for the difficulty you're going through. Yeah, that's that's the goal. And, and you know, we're going to do one on, on addiction. Um, we're going to do one on, on suicide. And, you know, somebody that I've met that's that's had a suicide in their family, it was actually his brother, unfortunately. Um, I've spoke to a few people that are about their addictions. They're not wanting to come on and talk for obvious reasons, but they have given me their permission to tell their stories. So, you know, there's going to be an episode on that. And like you say, hopefully that that's the plan is to make it like a like an encyclopedia of men's mental health so that, you know, you can, if you've got a problem with addiction, you can flag up the addiction episode and listen to that. If you have a problem, you know, if you're getting quite suicidal, you can probably, you know, look at one like that. Or if you've got like, um, like yourself, Kai, when you came on and spoke about your physical illness, you know, if you've got a, a physical illness, you can come on and listen to that and how Kai um, dealt with that and is still dealing with that. And if you've not listened to that episode, please do, because it was fantastic and, we could have talked for hours and hours and, and probably have still had plenty yeah. to talk to about it. And But I have had a lot of people feedback on that, that are going through physical illnesses. You know, not a, not many of them as, as serious as yourself. Um, you know, there is one chap that did reach out to me and I, I passed a message on to you. He's got terminal cancer and he listened. And it, and it really gave him a different insight into his mindset. And that's the that's the key there it's that different outlook on your mindset that whatever you're going through, there's always a different side to the mindset of what you're dealing with. And it's finding that side of it that will eternally help you, but it, it's not always easy and all that. But yeah, that's, that's the main, when I was going through therapy, that's what they, they kind of drilled into me. Your mindset is, is that's the key to unlock everything is your mindset because if you've got the right mindset no matter what is going on you can deal with it if you've got the wrong mindset something small could turn into something major um yeah yeah you you you've, you've hit the nail there and, and again we've gone through different episodes you can listen to even if you just need a reset to just get your mindset going you you've done that and got it set up yeah yeah absolutely and um but yeah, it's been a, it's been a pleasure having you on. Kind of appreciate you asking the questions, and yeah. yeah, there's not many people would ask me the questions that you've asked, and that's why I wanted you to come on because I knew you would approach those questions uh, and we get that out there. So I, I am I'm very very grateful for that, Kai. No, thanks, thanks, everyone. It's definitely a different sort of style of, of podcast that, that I'm used to taking part in, and and for yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've not we've not done this style before, and. Um, you know, if people do like this style, maybe reach out. Let me know. We can we can maybe do a few more like this as as we go along. Do, jot them in every now and again. Um, so yeah, any feedback from myself and Kai will be, be greatly appreciated. But yeah, uh, and on that note, I hope you all have an absolute blessed day. Um, and remember, be a positive statistic, not not a negative one. Well, thank you for listening to A No Place to Hide. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and I hope to see you for future episodes as well. If you do realise that you need somebody to talk to or you feel like you need to reach out or even if you just need a bit of advice, please check out www.toughtotalk.com. These guys are running a fantastic men's mental health charity on their website. It's got links to about everything that you could possibly imagine. They've also got places for advice and help. If you need to speak to somebody on the phone, please contact the Samaritans on 116 123. Or alternatively, please contact the NHS 111 option 2. 
Remember guys, stay safe and we can only break this stigma together.